Blog Talk Radio. Entrance. 
You did. Which looked kind of cool. It's very cool. And I got to try the green milk, which was you did. not cool. Let's start with that real quick. That's disgusting. We'll get more into the food and beverages uh, as we get into the podcast, but uh, I did try the blue milk and the green milk, and I brought the green milk out to both Danny and my daughter. Uh, the blue milk I thought was really good, and just so everybody knows, it's not made of like real milk. It's not a, it's a coconut milk, I believe, um, but it's not, it's not like a dairy product. So and it's also frozen. It's delicious. And I'm not one of the ones that went in there thinking, like, I was going to love it. Yeah. I thought I was going to hate it. And I only tried it basically for the podcast. Uh, there was a number of things I did for the podcast just to, uh, so I could kind of let everybody know what's going on when they get in there when it opens up on the 29th, which we will be there. Um, it's 28th, isn't it? No, it's 29th. We get there on the 27th. I think we check into our resort on the 29th, but we'll actually be in about two on the 29th. She's double-checking because she doesn't believe me. No, I, I'm just – I think my dates are just confused. Yeah, you're right. So, anyway, when we get to the cast member preview, um, the entrance is right by the Muppet Theater, if you guys know where that is in Hollywood. It's literally right next to it. So, when you go into the entrance, it, it's it's like a very cool-looking, um, like, man-made-looking entrance. But once you get partway in there, it looks like it's a cave. So, you're kind of kind of progressing into the land. And then once you get through the cave – I mean, it, it's everything I hoped it would be, and actually probably even more. Like, if I had to go and plan this thing and make it myself, there's not a lot I would change. And when I was going through the whole thing, I was trying to compare it to both Pandora and Toy Story Land. And if you listen to other podcasts, I'm not a big fan of Toy Story Land because I don't I don't think that's a land. I think that's like a little add-on. Yeah. I mean, when you go into Toy Story Land, you've basically got two new rides and a very small quick service with very limited seating. And that's it. You couldn't spend There's more than three that. rides. Well, the other one was already there. Oh well, yeah, but still. You got the whole, like, new queue and everything. I don't everything. count that, though. Oh, well, if you don't count it, then it must that. not be. So, I was really comparing it to Pandora, which I'm not a huge Avatar fan, but I'm a real big fan of Pandora. I thought that land was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, that also exceeded my expectations. We still go there every time we're there. Uh, unfortunately, we did not get on Navi River this time. I know, and I like that. Which kind of bummed us out. But, I mean, that land, every time we go back, we're still in awe looking at the the mount, the floating mountains, mm-hmm. uh, the way it looks at night when it's all lit up. So I was trying to compare it to that, both in size and quality. So here's what I did. When I first got in there, I did what probably everybody else is going to do when they get there and beeline it to Millennium Falcon. Yeah. So. It's quite a walkway to get from the entrance to the Millennium Falcon. Millennium Falcon's towards the back end of the land. So I just beelined it and got on the ride. Um, So let's talk about Smuggler's Run first. It's amazing. It's a really cool (laughs) ride. It's not like, um, I don't really think it's like an A-level ride. It's more like a B-level ride. Uh, The queue is probably the best queue I've ever seen. It's better than Flights of Passage. It's huge. It's interactive. There's a ton of stuff to see. It's got mm-hmm. a cool animatronic in it. Um, when you walk into the Millennium Falcon cockpit, you do get the goosebumps and feel stupid like a little kid. And this is if you're a Star Wars fan. If you're not a Star Wars fan, I think you're still going to love it. You're still going to be in awe of it because there's just so much to see. Um, and there's talk about them doing a virtual queue when it opens, which will help alleviate some of the lines because um, – 
I got to walk on every time I got on. And that was nice, just kind of zipping through and looking at what you want to see. But you could see where the future queue is, and it wraps around. Oh, I'm sure. So when that thing is full, I can imagine it's going to be a nightmare. Um, luckily, there, like I said, there's a lot to look at, so it's not like you're going to be standing there looking at walls and being right. bored. Um, the ride is very cool. It, it kind of reminds me of maybe like a Star Tours on – on steroids. It's a little bit better than Star Tours. I don't think it's quite as good as Flights of Passage. And I think part of that is because you're enclosed. Yeah. You're in a cockpit. So, like, with Flights of Passage, you get the water spraying on you. Right. The breeze. You feel like you know, everything's the, open. Yeah, there's a lot yeah. more interactive with it. Is it similar to, like, Mission Space? Like, are you enclosed, like, that close? Because I hate that feeling. <laughs> well, you've got five other people in there with you. So, it's a very large area. Okay, well, because Mission Space is, I think, four people. It's You don't feel like you're in Mission Space. It's okay. definitely a, a much more open cockpit. Okay, because I know, like, the first time we got on Mission Space, I remember we were, like, stressed out. because we I did not like so, that at all. I didn't like it either. Like, and we and we go on the easy side, too. Like, it's not like we go. And we've been back on it before. Yeah, but I feel very claustrophobic in there, so it's not like that. Yeah, I do as well, but, no, it, it definitely doesn't feel claustrophobic, and, um, you're much more excited when you're in there. So you're not really like as when you're in getting mission space, yeah. you're just looking around at this thing closed in on you and you're freaking out. Mm-hmm. When you're in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon, you're just looking around at like all the controls and all the nonsense, the lights going on. So yeah, you don't feel as claustrophobic by any means. Uh, it is interactive. It doesn't have to be. You get a choice when you go in, uh, whether you want to work the controls or you don't want to work the controls. Huh. They have a pilot a gunner, and an engineer. Uh, I did all of them multiple times. My favorite was being a gunner. No, correct that. The pilot. The first thing I did was being a gunner. I thought the gunner would be my favorite, but it's not. You didn't like it, did you? No, I didn't like it the first time because I thought it took away from the experience. And I really wasn't being fair to the ride until I did it a second time. When I did a second, third, and on and on and on, I do feel as though you do need to interact with everything. Yeah. It almost, um, especially if you get uh, a little bit of motion sickness, it takes away from the motion sickness a little bit because you yeah. have to actually look away from the screen and look to see what buttons you have to push. Basically how it sets up if you're a pilot. You've got a pilot on the left and a pilot on the right, and it will tell you what to do. It will tell you, like, pilot on the left, do this. Pilot on the right, do that. One controls left and right. The other controls up and down. So it'll tell you, like, left pilot, do something, right pilot, do whatever. The gunner kind of disappointed me because it's not a joystick like a video game. Yeah. It's just button mashing, oh. which kind of pumped me out a little bit. I was expecting, like, a little crosshair or something to, mm-hmm. to work it that way. And engineer was surprisingly fun, like, more fun than the, the gunner. You got the – if something broke on the ship, it had corresponding buttons that would start flashing – you had to hit those buttons in order to fix it. So what if you didn't hit any buttons? Like, what would happen? I think the, the vehicle would crash sooner. Uh, you're, you're regenerating okay. the shields. Yeah. Um, but you're also in charge of the tow cables because the whole story is you're going to pick up a uh, – you're, you're, you're trying to smuggle something out. Yeah. If you've ever seen the Solo movie, you know, the train. The train is in there, and you're trying to capture a piece of the train. Yep. So you're in charge of hitting the tow cables. Um, it was a lot of fun. That was really cool. And then when you get off the ride, according to how well you did, the exit actually shows, like, if you had a lot of damage on the vehicle, mm-hmm. everything's sparking and flashing. If you had a pretty smooth run, everything's fine. 
Uh, it was a lot of fun. It's just, it wasn't like mind blowing though. It wasn't like when you first went on Flights of Passage and you felt like you were on something really special. But it, yeah, I would definitely do it again. And I think people who are not a fan of Star Wars will actually like it. Yeah. I think my other one, my other only complaint with the Millennium Falcon would be that uh, it takes place over land most of the time. And for me, growing up on Star Wars, Millennium Falcon was always playing always, high yeah, players yeah, out yeah. in space. I thought mm-hmm. that would have been a little cooler, but... And it doesn't change, like, it's always the same thing? It doesn't change, like, Star Tours does? It changes little tiny things. It doesn't okay. change, like, you know, it's with Star Tours, there's a number of different planets. This one, I think, had, like, three or four little scenes that changed the variety a little bit. It was nothing major. And it all pretty much stayed to that script of smuggling off that train. Uh, there is a part where you can go into an asteroid field to escape. Yeah. It was very quick and, and not eventful. So, yeah, overall, I did love it, though. It's a really cool ride. Um, once we got off the ride and we actually doubled back and started looking around the land, the land is amazing. I mean, it, there's just it's very large. Mm-hmm. I think it's bigger than Pandora by quite a bit. And there's just so much to see. There's so much that's interactive. Um, like, walking back we were looking obviously left and right as we're walking in to get to Millennium Falcon but like actually walking back slowly and going through the same area again you won't believe like what you miss right um just little things like the A-wing there's a replica of an A-wing fighter which is a ship if you're not a Star Wars fan and the cockpit will open and close on that um one of the cool things is uh Chewbacca wanders around quite a bit and if there's a ship in the area, he'll usually go over to the ship and try to fix it. That's cool. Yeah, so he'll wander over. They have, like, a land speeder. He'll tinker with a land speeder or an A-wing or an X-wing. So that's very, very cool. Uh, I guess we should get to the different experiences that I was able to go through. Uh, what they have, the major things they have is the cantina, which we are going to go to yep. on opening day. Yep. They have Sabi's workshop, which is basically a lightsaber building thing. And then they have the robot depot where you can build your own robot. Um, I'll go in the order that I did them. I did uh, I did the cantina first, and it's amazing. It's like I had certain expectations for everything. Like I kind of wanted I – didn't, I didn't want to, like, get too excited for it because I didn't want to be let down. Right. But, like, everything I saw was better than I expected. So I walked into the cantina, and uh, it's it's so cool. They have the, the robot DJ that's playing music. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a couple aquariums by the bar that's got like some different alien life forms in there. If you, if you don't know the movies, it's still cool. If you know the movies, it's like a lot of hidden Easter eggs. Yeah. One of the creatures in the, in the, um, aquarium is like the frog critter from, uh, Return of the Jedi. Mm -hmm. Like right before they go on Jabba's palace, it it grabs a bug. Yep. That's in there. So that's kind of cool if you're a Star Wars dork. If you don't know anything about Star Wars, it's still cool because there's something in there. Um, the people, the cast members, shit, the cast members all around Batu are amazing. They all play the characters. You know, they stay yeah. in character. Uh, the the people working in the cantina were, were insane. I mean, they were having such a good time. They did some dances, and there was like a nightclub atmosphere, which was really fun. Uh, I had a few of the drinks. I had a fuzzy tauntaun, which is very interesting because it's got like a fuzz on the top. I didn't, it, it sounds so It gross. does sound gross, and it looks very weird, uh, but it's it's got a numbing effect. So when you drink the foam on the top, it actually makes your lips a little numb. Why would anybody want that? I don't understand. 
Well, it's funny because we went in with another couple, and the woman that ordered the drink, her face felt gross. Like, she just didn't like it at all. Yeah, she was, like, it, it made me too numb. I took a drink of it, and it wasn't as intense. Mm-hmm. Like, my lips felt a little tingly, but it wasn't awful. I don't think I'd order that again because, uh, you know, I don't want to worry about my lips being numb. It's weird. I mean, I guess it's, like, the novelty of it. Like, people are talking. Like, it's, it's like a buzz thing. Yeah, I mean, talk about it, but, but. all the drinks had, like, you know, of course, they featured the boba balls and a mm-hmm. lot of stuff like they do in Pandora. I got this thing, and I don't remember the name of it. I probably should have wrote it down. But um, it looks like a little Petri dish. And this is going to sound gross, but it's actually good. It looks like a little Petri dish. It's got boba balls in it. It's got, a, like, a gelatin base, mm-hmm. uh, but, like, a real soft, like, it gets almost liquid. And then it had, like, Pop Rocks and some other nonsense in it. It was really sweet, but it tasted good. No alcohol in it. There's a number of uh, non-alcoholic beverages that you can get as well. Mm-hmm. So don't think that you can't go to the cantina. You can get you stuff can that's off your yeah. yeah. So yeah, I was thrilled with that. The music was great. The atmosphere was great. The drinks were really good. Uh, to start off, you're gonna, I think it's a two drink max, and you have to be out for 45 minutes. Is that? That's when the land opens as okay. well, I believe. And the reason why they're doing that is because they want to get people in and out, so right. everybody can experience it. They're taking reservations. If you get out of Disney, go make a reservation as quick as you can. It says for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, but they're only offering, like, little tiny plates. Yeah. I think for breakfast, it's, like, a yogurt and a donut, what sounds like a donut. Um, And then, like, for lunch and stuff, there's there's other small plates as well. So get your reservations in. It's going to be busy. I mean, we were lucky enough during the CM previews that they did not allow a lot of people in there at one time, and it was still packed. Yeah. I mean, it's super busy. Everybody wanted to be there. Um. The next place would be Savvy's Workshop, which is a lightsaber building experience. Uh, it's expensive. I'm going to say that right <laughs> off the bat. It's $200, um, and you should you should get a reservation, but there are walk-ups as well. And basically what it is is you pay for your lightsaber, but it's a show. If you're – like Danielle has done uh, – we've been to Universal before, and we've done Oleanders. Right? Yep. Our daughter got to pick out a Ollivanders. Ollivanders? Yeah tell not a Harry Potter dork. Um, and they put on a little wizard show and yeah, they present it to the cute. kid. It's really cute. This, I, and I'm trying to be as objective as possible and look at it from like a non-Star Wars fan mm-hmm. as well. I thought this was a lot better. You go in, uh, they present you with a, a number of different parts that you can use to build a lightsaber. It's all metal. Every part is like solid steel, except for the crystal that goes in the middle is made out of plastic. But the lightsaber is, like, heavy duty. It's, mm-hmm. it's a solid lightsaber. So you go in, and they have a number of, well, they would be assistants, I guess, to, yeah. to help you out. Because some of it does get complicated, especially if you're a moron like me and can't follow directions. Uh, there, there's definitely, like, a you start with, like, the hilt, which is basically like the innards, and you got to put the crystal in. And then you put the components on it. If you want to see like a moron, watch me like trying to figure out where to screw something or which You're end goes up. You're stuff normally though. I am. I just don't follow directions well. Oh, that's true. So um, you go in there. They tell you the whole story. There's mm-hmm. a lot of really cool effects. It's all like candlelit kind of. There's a lot of characters mm-hmm. that kind of they have overlays of their voices coming in. You build the lightsaber the way you want it, and then you stick it in this machine, and they put a little ceremony, and then you know the blade comes on, and it all mm-hmm. lights up. It's very cool. I did not buy a lightsaber. They allowed me to go in there and just build one and go for the experience. 
Uh, I do believe it's worth $200. If you're looking for a lightsaber and you don't want one of the cheap plastic ones, if you want like a good quality lightsaber, it's worth 200 bucks. I, I know Danielle's looking at me like, are you insane? If you're a Star Wars fan, I don't know if you're like a non-Star Wars fan. I think I would just buy a, a plastic yeah, I mean, lightsaber. I can't see that a non-Star Wars fan would do that. I think they would love the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't see a non-Star Wars fan buying a, a $200 lightsaber. But if you are a fan of Star Wars, bring your pocketbook with you. Because, I mean, there is uh, the amount of merchandise and food and shows, you know, they put on. Yeah. I mean, you're going to want to buy everything. I, I was walking by there going just in my head trying to figure out how much I could spend. <laughs> and it was like off the charts. It was nuts. But, uh, yeah, I, w- I would do a – if I was looking for a lightsaber, which I'm not right now, I would definitely spend $200. I think our daughter's going to do it Yeah. when we go there. So be prepared. She really need a $200 lightsaber? I think she would just love the experience. And then you're going to take the lightsaber. If it finds its way into my podcast area, that's... Okay, because you, you know I'm not an idiot, right? Just want to clear that up? <laughs> yes, I'm well aware of that. Okay. So, yeah, if you get a chance to do Sabi's, definitely do Sabi's. Um, the third thing was the Droid Depot. And this seems to be the one thing that most people are interested in because the price point's not crazy. Uh, we were lucky enough to get a discount through the CMs. They're not offering discounts when it starts. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be $99 plus tax uh, when the land opens. And basically what you get to do is they have a number of droid parts that are on conveyor belts. And, and let me just say, like, the rooms themselves, every shop, every restaurant mm-hmm. is, like, ultra detailed and ultra cool. You're just going to have, like, whiplash looking around going, oh, my God, look at all this stuff. So, um when you walk in there, there's large robot parts going around up top, but then you have conveyor belts where they have the little robot parts. You get a basket, mm-hmm. and on the bottom of the basket, it tells you what you need for your robot. So if you're doing an R2 unit, you need a body, you need a head, you need two side legs and a bottom leg. If you're doing a BB-8, you need the inner body, the two parts that go around it, and then mm-hmm. the head on top of it. It's very easy to do. It doesn't take a lot of time. If that was my one complaint, there's no way to really drag it out. I mean, you could sit there and just keep looking at parts yeah. going by, but you're going to know what colors you want. You're going to grab them. But you said there were, like, stickers and stuff that you and, like, accessories and there, stuff? There were some accessories that I've seen that you can buy as well. Mm-hmm. I did buy a um, there these chips you can put in it that change the personality. So you can yeah. have a good robot or a bad robot. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, so you get all your parts, you bring it over to, they have workstations, they have somebody there to help you in case mm-hmm. you're an idiot like me. Luckily, I don't think I needed any help with, help with this one. No? It was pretty self-explanatory. Um, there's instructions on the back. The only thing you need to actually screw in, they have like a gun, like a, a screw gun. If you're doing an R2, R2 unit, you need to screw in the side legs. If you're doing a BB-8, I think you have to screw in the sides. So okay. you, you don't use a lot of the screwdriver yeah. very much. It pretty much just all clamps together, presses together. Um, so you put them all together. They set your robot in a little container, and they power it up. And, it you know, it does a little show, and all of a sudden your robot comes to life, makes all the noises. It's very cool. And then they start getting you on accessories. You can buy, like, a backpack for it. You can buy, like, little accessories for it. Mm-hmm. Like I said before, you can buy the personality chips. Um and the reason why the personality chips are important is because these rope, these droids are actually interactive in the land, which I didn't get to experience a lot of. 
So I know you told me that before. Is that, I feel like that's going to be a, like a logistical nightmare. Like people are supposed to bring their droids to the land and like have them like going around when there's like eight bazillion people. There. I don't think they want anybody actually physically driving them around the parks, like on the ground. I think what they're expecting everybody to do is either have them in your backpack. Buy a backpack for it. Or <laughs> you do get a free box, and the box has openings where you can see the robot. Yeah. It's doing anything, you can actually see it. What they're going to do is, if you have a bad robot, um, Chewbacca walks by. Do you have a bad robot? I do have a bad robot. Okay, because it's black. No, because I bought <laughs> a the, – the chips will correspond to either being a rebel or um, – my mind now. It'll be a bad guy or a good guy. Okay. When you when you pass a stormtrooper, if yours is a good robot, mm-hmm. the okay. robot will freak out because there's a stormtrooper nearby. It uses Bluetooth technology, so it can sense it going by. Same thing if you got a bad robot. Chewbacca wanders by, it'll freak out. Hmm. If another robot comes near it, it'll react with the other robot. You know, it'll talk if they're both friendly. They'll probably yell at each other if they're they're opposites. So I think that's going to be very cool. And so I'm, are you going to lug that thing around when we go back down? I am. What are you going to, how are you going to carry it? I'm going to get one of those backpacks like a loser. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so, I mean, you, you wear this thing and you can see it. it it'll sit on your front like a papoose, like a baby. Are you kidding <laughs> me right now? I kid you not. Um, I'll be wearing one and with my little robot. And you expect me to hang out with you? You can just, like, walk 10 feet to the side or something. I'm always so behind you anyway. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, because I'm running around like a little child, and, and you have a little more common sense than just take your time and relax. Um, but, yeah, that's a very cool thing for this thing to be interacting with everything because it kind of adds something to the rest of the park. So yeah, that's cool. If you say you walk through one day, you're not a huge Star Wars fan, but you have the droid. If you walk through everything, experience everything, you can go back with your droid, and your droid's going to give you different experiences no matter where you are. You know, it'll flip out over a stormtrooper or it'll interact with your buddy's robot. So that's very cool. So if you get a chance to build a droid, I highly recommend it. I, I know that's a little expensive, 99 bucks. It's they're definitely all plastic. They're not very they're light. I mean, I think they did that not only to save money, but I think they also did it because it won't be too heavy on your backpack. I have a Spiro droid, an R2D2 Spiro droid. That thing's like heavy duty, mm-hmm. you know, and it works on its own where the bottom leg comes out on its own. It, it goes backwards on its own. This one, you have to actually position the legs and everything yeah. when you want to move it. So it, it's not as high quality as the Spiro robot, but it's definitely not a piece of garbage. It's it's a decent robot. You're not going to break it by any means. It is battery powered, so you're going to have yep. to replace the batteries. This is one of the things that annoyed me a little bit about, about that, too. Actually, I liked it, and it annoyed me. The the CMs are expected to always be in character. And I mean, when I say always, I mean always. So I asked one CM, you know, is this, do you put batteries in this thing, or is it rechargeable? And they're like, this thing runs on the force. What are you talking about? You really got to egg them on to get a a legit answer. Uh, If you're paying money, it's not money, it's in credits. Uh, I asked somebody about the chicken like when I was looking at the different foods and they told me that, you know, they had heard that from people from other planets said they believe it tastes like chicken. So, I mean, they really play this up, which in some respects is awesome. But the menu says that it's chicken. I didn't look at the menu. I was being lazy. I just looked at pictures and go, what would I lose? <laughs> but, so, but like, if it says it on the menu, why can't they speak that? I just think they want to be like so over the top with it. 
and, and it's actually kind of cool in, in some respects. And, and let me tell you, every CM I spoke to, and I spoke to a lot of them, were a lot of fun to talk to. If you if you want to like interact, if yeah. you want to have fun with it, it's a blast. If you want to just experience spark on your own, nobody's gonna bother you. Mm. But if you want to like start talking lightsabers, you know, you want to dork out as a Star Wars fan, it's it's a blast. If you're a non-Star Wars fan, just want to enjoy it. You can do that as well. I mean, mm-hmm. people aren't going to walk up to you and start bothering you to do things. Right. And um, that's the one thing we didn't get to experience is uh, it's not as interactive as it's going to be when it actually opens. Oh, like, really? They did have Chewbacca out. Ray yeah. came out once. Um, the Stormtroopers, obviously, they came out quite a bit. Like, they didn't do the Kylo Ren stage show. They're supposed to have bounty hunters walking by. They're supposed to have droids out at some point. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't that interactive yet. So, uh that's going to make it even better. Gonna be even better. I'm going to be even a bigger loser when that all starts. I didn't know that was possible. Yeah, it is. Let's get into the food. We mentioned the blue milk and the green milk. Um, I love the blue milk. Danielle didn't get to experience it. All of us were not big fans of the green milk. It was really gross. They both have like a fruit taste to them. Uh, the blue milk's a little lighter tasting. The uh, the green milk's like almost like a mango, like a strong mango. Yeah, but it had like, it, but I like mango, so there was some, I couldn't quite, I didn't drink a lot of it because I'm trying to stay like really low sugar. Yeah, she just wanted so to I taste like, it. So I like stuck my tongue in it and kind of like <laughs> tasted it. But it had a flavor to it that I, it was familiar to me, but I couldn't quite place it. So I'm going to have to probably try it again at some point or look at the ingredients to figure out what it was because it wasn't a fruity taste that I was tasting. It was like something bitter or spicy or something. Is it on there? No, it's, no. it's on the website. I don't have it. In front I'll, of me right I'll now. have to look it up. But yeah, it was, it was definitely like a weird taste that does not belong in like a milkshake type thing. Yeah. Uh, and they do offer both of them with booze in them. The blue oh, milk has rum, and the green milk has tequila. Um, I did something kind of stupid. They have a milk stand outside. I didn't get this in, in Oga's. I got this outside at the stand. And what it says is, you know, you can get blue milk with rum. You can get green milk with mm-hmm. tequila. So I assumed that that was your only choice. So I ordered blue milk. And I'm sitting there drinking it and walking around, and I'm like, taste any booze in this i'm not feeling happy or anything and i walked up to one of the cast members and asked her about it and she said the the ones in a round cup have no booze in it the ones in a square cup have booze so you know for a fact whether you have booze or not if you see a kid walking around with a square cup slap that thing out of their hands um (laughs) (laughs) see a little kid walking around drunk um the blue milk with the rum in it you couldn't even taste the rum, even when it. I actually ordered one that really had rum in it. it. It doesn't even take away from the taste of the actual drink. It's really, really good. I don't know if that's because the blue milk covers up the alcohol or because they don't put that much in there, but it's really good. The green one, I'm not a big fan of tequila. You really couldn't taste that much tequila in it. Oh, so you it, had it with yeah, the tequila? Yeah, I tried them both. I tried to try as much as I could. So that I could let everybody know how things were, but obviously you can't get everything in in two days. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's go to the food. I did both food places. I did Docking Bay Seven, and uh, wait, what's the other name of the other place? It does the Ronto wraps. It's it's kind of passing my mind right now. Ronto's Roasters. I guess that makes sense. If they have Ronto's wraps, it'd be Ronto's Roasters. Yeah. Can I interrupt you sure. for one second? Because I did. I was looking up the ingredients. 
It says the green milk, it is like a um, like a rice or almond milk base, right. or coconut milk, I'm sorry. Um, and it says mandarin, orange, passion fruit, grapefruit, and orange blossom. Which one's that? The green. Okay. It, there was something, I feel like there was something else in there that like, almost like a, like basil or, I don't know, like a weird like herb or something, but I can't place it and it's not listed here, so I don't, maybe that was just my like crazy imagination. And it definitely wasn't as good as the blue. I think you no. like the blue a lot more. The blue has, wait, where is it? Uh, dragon fruit, pineapple, lime, and watermelon. Did you taste watermelon in it? You, you know, because they have so much fruit, the, the different fruit yeah. flavors, and you taste like a sweetness of the fruit, mm -hmm. but can't really tell what you're tasting. Yeah. It's kind of hard to explain. And especially with the blue milk, it wasn't as powerful. It was a little okay. lighter. They're delicious. I would get one over and the over blue. again, yeah. which I didn't think I would when I first saw them. I was like, I'm not getting any of that garbage. <laughs> um, as far as the food goes, I did Ranta's Roasters first. Mm -hmm. uh, I had the beef jerky, turkey jerky, which is sweet and spicy or regular. I did the sweet and spicy. It was really good. It was really tender. You get a decent amount. Uh, I didn't try the wrap until the following day, which is like a, a large sausage and a wrap with turkey, I think. And like a coleslaw with spicy mayo, mm. it was amazing. That I mean, it was good. really good. And then I went to Docking Bay 7 on Friday, and I got a thing called the Tip Yip, or the Yip Tip. <laughs> and basically what this is, is it's fried chicken and mashed potatoes, but they make the fried chicken look like a square block, which is kind of scary. Is it like, supposed to be like rations or something? Like, what's the... I, I think they're just trying to make everything look unique, so it doesn't look like a a leg of chicken sitting yeah. there. So it was all white meat in a square. The breading on it was amazing. Yeah. So it tasted like good fried chicken. And then what they did with the mashed potatoes, they put green gravy on it to make it look space age. And what was in the mashed potatoes? It had peas and carrots in it. <laughs> I mean, come on. Why do you have a peas and carrots in it for? <laughs> I did eat it all, which if you ask Danielle, I normally pick out every vegetable out of yeah. my food. I did want to experience it the way it was intended to be experienced. It was good. And the green gravy tasted like regular gravy. It tasted like regular gravy. Yeah. And, I, and I literally scooped it up. I yeah. didn't like try to shy away from Dislike. it. Like Yeah, it was really good. Like I, I tried to be a big boy and try everything like Very for real. And it was delicious. The one big thing they, that most people were getting were the ribs. Yeah. I did not get to try those, but they looked really good. Uh, all the food looks amazing. It's got a very space age look, too, kind of yeah. like they did in um, Pandora. Mm -hmm. They made everything look very unique for yeah. the land. They did the same thing for Star Wars. It's it's basic food that you know and will enjoy, but presented in a really weird way. Um, there's limited seating for Ronto's Roasters. It's it's not like a real sit down restaurant. It's mm -hmm. more like a walk in walk out. There's some tables around it. Um, Docking Bay Seven has legit tables, and it, I could have stayed in there all day. They have, like, you know, space-age type music yeah. playing. They had a number of booths that looked like um, large crates, mm -hmm. and they were hollowed out, and they had booths in there. Then they had tables. And they had a lot of tables outside. Uh, it was I just sat there just, like, looking around like a big child, and, and I started thinking, like, you know, would, would a non-Star Wars fan like this? I, I really think a non-Star Wars fan would love that restaurant. Yeah. Quick serve. It's cheap. It's nice and cool. All yeah. the AC in, in uh, Batu is amazing. Good. For having a, they say it's got three stars, so there's a lot of sun and a lot of heat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all the AC is nice and cold, so that's, well, that's good. that's good. Um, so, yeah, I, I love the food in those places. 
Uh, as far as snacks, they had uh, sweet and spicy popcorn, which I did not try. They have uh, the soda bottles from Coke are all look like mm-hmm. little robots. I'm yeah, sure everybody's cute. seen those on Facebook or Google them or whatever. I bought a couple for the kids. Uh, everything has Star Wars language mm-hmm. on it. So, like, the Dasani bottles are actually written in Star Wars language. So it's a Sprite and Diet Coke and all yep. that nonsense. So that's very cool. Um, and once I got to experience everything, started looking at the little things around there, I was even more impressed because there's so much crazy detail, like the drinking fountain. If you've ever seen the very first Star Wars movie, there's a scene where they're in a trash compactor and a, a creature looks up. It's got one eye and mm-hmm. looks around. If you push the water in the water fountain, there's like a little aquarium behind there where this thing comes up out of the water and looks at you and then goes back in the water. Uh, if you see anything that's in an aquarium in any of the shops or a cage, they're usually moving or interacting in some way. Um, the, the shops were amazing. Like, I, oh my God, I feel like such a nerd like when I talk about this stuff. Uh, the antiquities place. They, they had an animatronic in there that was amazing. They mm-hmm. had some of the, if you're a fan of Star Wars or some of the monsters that you'll be familiar with, they have their heads hanging on a wall, which was very cool. The stuff that they sold was nice. They had, like, the different lightsabers, like a high-quality version of mm-hmm. them. They had busts of different characters. I mean, just, if you're a Star Wars geek, you're going to spend a lot of money. <laughs> Uh, when you go through, there's a little section, too, where it's a, like a marketplace where they have a lot of little shops. That was really nice. That's where you can get Salacious Crumb. I wanted to mention Salacious Crumb. That is Star Wars Land's version of the Banshees. It's got the same mechanism, like that handle. Explain for the people who are not Star Wars fans what Salacious Crumb is. Salacious Crumb looks like a little monkey, almost like a space monkey. And he was like Jabba the Hutt. If you know Jabba the Hutt. He was like his pet. He didn't have a huge role in the movie, but people loved him because yeah. it was very amusing. Uh, that is their interactive character that they want you to sit on your shoulder. And it's got a trigger that moves its head. And it's mm-hmm. got another one that moves its mouth and makes noise. It was not very high quality for $70. Really? Yeah, I was kind of disappointed. It looks awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was very, like, cheap plastic. And it wasn't bendable the way I thought it would be. Yeah. And I did see one kid that had bought one and had a hard time keeping it on his shoulder. If you've got a banshee, I guess I should explain that, right? Yeah. In Pandora, the flying monsters are called banshees. They have those that you put on your shoulder. And basically what they do is underneath your shirt, you put a magnet. Yeah. And that's what holds it. It doesn't hold it very well. It, it doesn't. But With the salacious, the kid was, and this thing is much lighter than the banshee, mm-hmm. but that thing wouldn't stay on the kid's shoulder. Oh, it was moving all over the place. <laughs> And this poor kid, I mean, I shouldn't say poor kid. This kid had a lightsaber. He had a robot. He had salacious. Poor so kid. Somebody was dropping big bucks on that <laughs> kid. Um, but, yeah, that was one thing that I would have liked to have purchased. Yeah. But I just couldn't see spending $70 on it. Like Maybe I will improve them along the way or something. I think what they'll do is they'll look at it and see how well they sell. And if they don't, because they had, like, a whole wall of them, and I didn't see any of them missing. I only saw one person walking around with one, so I don't know how well really? they sold. I mean, they may have sold more and yeah. just were in boxes or whatever, but I only saw one person carrying one. So that's mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Uh, I think the price point's a little high on it. I think if they knocked it down to like 40 or 50, I think they would sell a lot more of them. Uh, they do have a, one of the other places they had was a, 
where you could buy stuffed animals. Yeah. It was kind of cool. And they're all based on different Star Wars cam- characters like the Tauntauns, the Wampas. Uh, I got my daughter a little critter. I didn't even know what it was. So, I mean, there's. I wonder if they're just making some stuff up, too. I don't know because I recognize everything but what I got my daughter. Yeah. Um, Maybe it'll be in the next movie or something. Could be. It fits on your finger on yep. a ring. It makes all sorts of noise if you pet it. Most of the stuff's interactive, either makes noises or does something. They give you a really cool box to carry them home. Uh, it looks like a pet cage that yeah. you're carrying around. Uh, it's rather large. It was like a foot tall, maybe a foot and a half tall. It, yeah, it's bigger than a foot for sure. And this thing I bought my daughter was like, <laughs> it literally smaller than your hand, and they still gave me this giant box to yeah. carry around. Yeah, I'm but, surprised they didn't have like a smaller size one. Yeah, that that would make sense. Even for some of the other things that they had, they should have yeah. had a smaller Maybe they just box. don't have them in yet. It's possible. Yeah. So I'm going to say for a Star Wars fan, it, the place is a home run. If you're worried about it, like coming in and being disappointed, you will not be disappointed. You'll love it. If I had one critical thing to say about it, and it's not really that big a deal, was I'm more into the old Star Wars movies, so it would have been nice if it was like the Planet Hoth or something like that. Um, it's all based on the newer movies. Mm-hmm. I guess that's, and, and that's not even being critical. It's just, you know, it would have been nice to see something different. And who knows? They may expand and do one of the older plants at some point. Um, if you're a non-Star Wars fan, you will love it. I promise you. I, I can guarantee you there will not be one person that walks out of there disappointed. And if you're talking about avoiding it because you don't think it's Disney, check it out. Do yourself a favor and walk through. <laughs> I think most people are avoiding it just because of the crowds and stuff, probably. Yeah, I mean, start. they're talking about Disneyland has not been overly successful as far as uh, being super busy. Yeah. I believe Disney World will be busy. Uh, and I, I'm looking forward to opening day, that energy with all the people there. Like, it, in, in some respects, you don't want to deal with the crowds. Like, usually I'm not a big crowd right. person. But opening day, I want to be there with a lot of people, a lot of Star Wars fans, and just experience, like, everybody's excitement. Uh, there weren't a lot of kids at this thing because it was a CM and one guest. Yeah. So a lot of people brought their significant other or, like, a, a friend their own age. So I didn't get to see a lot of kids wandering around, which right. was kind of sad. I would have loved to have seen that interaction. There was a few. It'll be cool to see how Maya reacts to it, because she's not a huge Star Wars fan, but she does know the movie. Yeah, without she a doubt. She knows the movies, so. And she was, she kept telling us she didn't care, but when she wasn't able to get in, she was pretty sad. Yeah, she was bummed. And when she saw the robot that I made, she's super excited about doing a robot. So that, that she's excited for as well. Yeah, definitely. We have to wrap things up. Do we? How much time do we have? Only two minutes. Um, can I just say something not Disney-related? Sure. Did you notice that we both have Dunder Mifflin shirts on? I knew I had one on. Well, I didn't realize you did. I didn't realize that you did, and we went out like this before. <laughs> That's a couple goals right mine's, there, right? Mine's, yeah, I guess so. Mine's for the play of the month. Walking around with a Dunder Mifflin. Well, I noticed that we got a couple of looks when we were in Target earlier, and I didn't really... I thought maybe... Well, I know. Like, I thought maybe someone looked at my shirt, but now it's because we were both walking around like... We're huge uh, Office fans, too. We are. We should do a podcast about The Office someday. We should, for we, real. Seriously. But uh, we would like to do another podcast later in the week. We have a couple things we were going to do that we haven't done yet, like review The Lion King, review Story Toy, Toy Story 4. Toy Story. Toy Story. <laughs> uh, so we'll get that in at the end of the week. We're a little exhausted because we just got home yesterday. 5.30 this morning. Uh, yeah, 5.30 this today. morning. And uh, that, that was not fun. But I will be giving away one of the special cast member preview maps to a couple of people that sent in questions. I hope I answered everybody's questions. You did a really good job of going over everything. Yeah, I, I could talk about this land for another hour easy. 
But uh, lucky for us, you're not going to. That's not very nice. <laughs> that's kind of mean. But uh, we will get in that other stuff just to. Uh, stuff to catch up on and we're going to be back in disney in two weeks yeah. so uh, we'll wrap it up there and uh we will see you guys later in the week yep bye bye guys <laughs>